0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the second episode of the Man Is It Hard podcast. My name is Brennan Couch. I'm a licensed clinical social work associate. And I'm Benjamin Scammon, an intern with a bachelor's of science in psychology. And so today, um, we are going to be doing a multi-part series for our podcast. And it's going to be all about loneliness and kind of the what's happened... During COVID, also before COVID, because loneliness has been a very uh, interesting topic for the last really decade or so. And forgive us the, um, about the setup here. Uh, we're we're kind of working everything out in terms of how we how we want to do this podcast, and we wanted to record some videos so that for those of you who are watching us on YouTube or on another media platform, you could actually see us for once.
1: Yeah.
0: So we're kind of playing with that a little bit. So just give us time. We're trying to figure out a more permanent space and everything like that. So so uh, the first thing I really want to go into uh, is some statistics. And these are going to be pulled from the, sur- uh, the Surgeon General. And they did a advisory on social connection not too long ago i believe it was in either 2021 or 2022 somewhere around there and so they have a lot of really good information so if any of you are interested in looking this up yourself you can just look up the surgeon general social connection advisory and it'll pop up with a pdf and you can take a look at the whole document of if, if you really want to do your own research heck yeah and so The first topic I really want to go into is they explain kind of the three vital components of social connection and what that looks like. So the first being structure and the way they defined it is the number and variety of relationships and frequency of interactions. And the examples that they gave were household size, friend circle size, uh, marital partnership status, The second being function, which was the degree to which relationships serve various needs. Examples they provided were emotional support, mentorship, and support in a crisis. And the third being quality, the positive and negative aspects of relationships and interactions. Examples provided were relationship satisfaction, relationship strain, social inclusion, or exclusion. And I, I find that last one very interesting because when I was, and I think I mentioned this in the first episode, when I was in high school, I really did feel socially excluded. Yeah. So it really makes me wonder, and we'll get into this in, in a future episode, we're, we're going to discuss possible solutions to the problem as well as go into some of the terms that exist within loneliness and what those what some of the diagnoses might look like and what really the symptoms look like in general. So Ben, I really wanted to ask you a question regarding this. Yeah. What 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 would you define as social connection?
1: So that's a big one to start off with. (laughs) I know. Yeah, it is. I, I, for me, social connection is, you know, even looking back to that chart with the structure, function, and quality. I think a lot of it retains back to quality, and and for me, it's social connection is getting to see my friends, getting to go to the barista. Yeah. And, and, the or the coffee shop and, and order my latte, you know, getting to go to work. And so while it's not always super vast, you know, for me, I'm able to make a lot of connection in those spaces and I have mm-hmm. that structure and that function set up within my uh, friendships so that I kind of feel, I feel very socially connected at, at least at this point in time. Right. For me, one of the things I do is I, I do hang out on a regular basis with a friend. We hang out like every Tuesday and we just try to make sure that, you know, a little a little side, side hang out every now and then, you know, if there's something cool going on on a Sunday, we're not going to avoid doing that because it has to be Tuesday. But we try to make sure that we at least see each other every Tuesday so that we have that quality time to hang out and that we have things to do. You know, we'll hang out here a lot. And I think that that validates that function um, because we are together, you know, and we we do have games to play or we'll have deeper conversations with one another. And so we we really try to hit all three of those kind of vital components in within the social connection. So I think it looks very similar to what the chart is showing.
0: Yeah. I, I would agree. And I guess another question I have, because I think there are some people who would have this question in, their, in the back of their minds. Would you consider talking to people over social media platforms uh, like Discord or Facebook or TikTok or Snapchat? Would you consider that social connection or do you feel like that's kind of putting a Band-Aid on the problem and maybe maybe internally people might feel like they're less
1: isolated, but in reality it's isolating them more. To me, I I think it really depends how you're using these social media platforms um, as well as the kind of personality type and person you are you know, personality type you have and person you are. Um, Some people really get that social validation from just texting. They maybe have that more emotional intuitiveness within their texting and whatnot, where I like to think that the mass majority don't. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think if you're using these platforms for voice conversations and voice chats... I don't think that there's nearly as much of a problem and I think that really shows benefit. You can hear tone. um, Mm -hmm. If you're doing something that is a video and voice platform, you know, you can see body language and you can see facial features as well as hear tone and have those deeper conversations. And there's plenty of times where I have friends who are parents or I have friends who work six days a week and the only time we really get to chat can be sometimes some of those video chats. And I think at that point, if within regular like dynamics and stuff like that, it's, it's a lot easier for it to at least serve as a replacement for the time being, while it might not always work as a permanent replacement.
0: Right. So let me ask you another question. Sure. If, let's say, there was an individual who spend all their time on social media platforms. Yeah. Uh, let's just use Discord as a sure. perfect example. Let's say they spend all their time on Discord. They talk to people through Discord. That That's, to them, that is social interaction. Yeah. But they don't interact with anyone on a physical standpoint. They don't yeah. get the physical body language or the face-to-face interaction that a lot of people tend to crave or want in their life. Right. Do you think that creates issues? Or do you think that is a problem for someone to do that? Or do you think it, again, depends on who they are as a person?
1: You know, I I think, once again, that is going to go back to it kind of does depend. But I, I really believe for the mass majority, it's not going to make them happy, you know, if they spend the majority of their social time on platforms like Instagram or platforms like Facebook or whatnot. Um <clears throat> platforms like Discord which are community as well as primarily voice-based platforms with with texting also built in all at the same right and and where they both function simultaneously like Instagram is more pushing that text communication towards you Facebook is more pushing that text communication towards you you can call on some of these platforms but it's it's just kind of located in the top right. It's not something that it's like actively trying to get you to do where platforms like Discord have voice channels and hangout spots built in Mm -hmm. and where you can see other people in a server Mm -hmm. um, is what they're called and you can kind of jump in. So say there's three people already in a server on there, you could hop in and become member number four and from what I've seen a lot of the time, people are like, hey, welcome, how are you doing? You want to join us in on a game, you want to join us in on our conversation. Sometimes it's there, people are in a deeper conversation they're like, hey, can you give us a second? You know, but I don't normally see people do that if it's like they're the only server or channel on there with people in it. You know, that's more like they'll send you a way to go talk to other people if they're like having a private and they've got other people that they know you can go talk to.
0: Right, well, and usually I feel like they will just, if they have something to discuss in private, they will you know, you, you can call and have an individual private call. Yeah. So I feel like a lot of people do that instead of talk about that and openly in a server because, you know, when you're in one of those voice chats, anyone can join at any moment. So it's not really the time or place to have super personal conversations, I guess. I mean, you can talk about any topic for the most part, but... Yeah.
1: Um, and and yeah. it's not to be an advertisement, but I just see, I do know or I noticed more people are happier with their discord lives than people who are primarily social media platform users. Like discord isn't a social media platform, right? You know, you're not posting on there for likes and stuff like that. You're going on there to talk to people. It's a communication platform Mm -hmm. based around community and groups and, and whatnot. You can search in what you need. Um, And I think that's where some of the heavier differences are going to be is that social media platforms focus way more on, you know, beauty and fame and talent, you know, trying to hit one of the three. And so if you don't get that validation from those likes, from those clicks, it can feel a little more harsh in your, in your realm of Instagram, of, of other platforms where there are, like I said, these communication platforms that are in a similar dynamic, but they don't have the like system. They're not asking for you to, like, become famous. You know, you're not getting followers on there like that. Right. You know, you might build a server, but that really shouldn't be your main focus is is to get famous on on a Discord server.
0: Right. No, I would agree. Um, And, you know, to tie tie that off we can talk briefly kind of about dating sites yeah because i think that's also another thing that people don't understand is you're missing the face-to-face interaction with that person even voice-to-voice i mean there aren't a lot of dating apps out there where you actually can talk to the person have a conversation with them a lot of it is text-based and
1: Well, and that's another one of those like-slash-swipe-based platforms that can really hit the ego hard. You know, once again, just like Instagram, it, you know that other people are getting, or or some women, some guys, you know, great-looking, can be getting 100 likes a day, especially in the city, Mm -hmm. you know, and it it doesn't ever stop for them, while other people have a harder time getting two or three likes a day. And so that can be a really hard time for, once again, the ego. Absolutely. Uh, I don't
0: think dating sites really help someone's self-esteem or self-confidence yeah if if one of you who are listening to this podcast are trying to build up your self-esteem or self-confidence i i really highly recommend that you stay away from dating sites because really that's just going to make you feel worse about yourself yeah and it can it can really damage you as a person and um it can really hurt your confidence and self-esteem and prevent you from really putting yourself out there in the future if if you meet someone out in the real world and are like I actually like this person you I mean date if you were spend a lot of time on dating sites leading up to that point it could damage your confidence and self-esteem to the point where you won't even you won't even think about approaching that person anymore so just you know, hindsight 2020, keep that in the back of your heads. And I would say in terms of just other social isolation, loneliness topics. So this, is, this again is coming from the Surgeon General. And so they said social isolation has had an increase of 24 hours per month between the year 2018 to now basically and it has decreased in the beginning of the early 2000s people would spend social time with friends for an average of 60 hours yeah and now it is way down to and and this is per month so 60 hours per month and now it's way down to 20 hours per month that's that's a huge dip between the year 2000 and 2020 2019
1: so that's a third and does it say if those those hours get counted as as talking to people at work and stuff like that
0: i don't think it does i think i think it's mainly social engagement with friends so like Going to a bar, having a drink with okay. a friend, or spending time like quality time with a friend, whether it's playing a video game, you're, you're in the same space. Yeah. So I don't think it really takes into consideration like virtual interactions. And there's a reason for that because sure. I do believe that physical interaction is just as important as, you know, being able to hear someone's voice and hearing tone and things like that.
1: Well, even for men, I think a lot of the time where, where men can forget like a touch between guys isn't important, but for us, it, it builds trust where it's not like building like love or, or sexual connection always. Of course, there are people who, who lean all types of directions, right? On a spectrum. I'm not dissing that, but for most male friendships, um, the touch does build trust and it builds the strength in that connection, you know, trusting that they will be there for, you know, you know, help get you up off the ground, you know, things like that, that a lot of males are looking for in those friendships. You can't always say that online friends will be there for you or are going to be able to help you get to the hospital and things like that. Yeah. And that can be unfulfilling in some areas of those friendships. Absolutely. And, you know,
0: you just mentioned trust, and I know you found some interesting information on trust. So would you
1: like to go into that a little bit? Yeah, so... To pull it up, um, you know, it was really, it, it was really hard hitting, but about a fifth of adults or 22% display consistently trustful attitudes towards other Americans. Um, so that this is specifically on, on Americans right now. Yeah. Um, and so that left 40% feeling mildly trusting of their fellow American and about... 35% of Americans um, completely untrusting of other Americans, un- unwilling to ask for help and unwilling to help at most moments. And yeah. so I think that is where a lot of our big shifts is. Um, looking at statistics from 1970, so while this is 50 years ago, that was kind of um, these next statistics I'm about to pull up. This is kind of the point is to look back 50 years ago and, um, it was about forty to fifty percent of adults when when a similar study was done said that they trust um, fellow Americans, yeah, their fellow neighbors, their yeah. fellow neighbors, and, and things like that. And mm-hmm. so, while that is going to connect to um, less numbers in those areas in the in the seventies, right? Areas would have uh, half to a third of the people in them. It also, I think, allocates to the way that we put our time into people now that we are so much more online driven than socially driven now that I think that's where a lot of that trust has gone down. And there are other statistics to back that up from the Surgeon General.
0: No, absolutely. Well, and and I think it's just interesting how trust has decreased so much over the years. Yeah. And I don't think it's just a lack of trust in, you know, their neighbors. I think it's also gone even as far as lack of trust in government and also community like their fellow communities. Yeah. There's, there's not as much connection within communities these days, or even programs that are designed to bring people together and get them to interact with one another and potentially make friendships or create positive relationships in their life.
1: I, I think, and, and not to pull things out of nowhere, but looking at some of these median statistics and, and whatnot, I think a lot of that is that the middle class has has grown to a degree as well as median populations in a whole. You know, now that... While the pendulum definitely swings left and right in terms of extremism all the time, I, I still think that people who sway left and right within their own views and are unwilling to pick a side have also come in greater. And while that's a good thing, it can also be hard for trying to get more confident views out of people. You know, a lot of people are are more willing just to not immediately come to a conclusion, but are also unsure of their trust in America. You know, was the, the greatest margin was was people who were unsure of their trust in other people. You know, they they were unwilling to come to a decision. You know, and I think that is a is a good and a and a bad thing, you know, a blessing and a curse. That people are more willing to give it time before they come to an answer, but it also leaves people more uncertain in some of these areas where it would be really helpful for them to be certain. Absolutely. I,
0: I do have to ask a question and this is to you and also to our just audience who are listening to the podcast do you feel like people are searching for perfectionism more in relationships where you know the moment let's say a friend does something makes a mistake and do you think it's more common for people to just cut them out of their life instead of try and work
1: through it with them these days, I think it's funny you say that i I do, but I don't look at it in such a, a negative light. Mm-hmm. I think that is kind of that literally relates back to what I was just saying, where people are just more willing to give things time. I think people are more patient nowadays um and and not to use a TV show for credit, but I was just literally watching like a a World War II movie and then a TV show. And it's interesting to see how fast people went from friends to lovers at those times when you don't know a lot of people, um, you don't have a lot of notoriety around, and it was really important for people to know you, for you to have business contacts and things like that or else you weren't going to get a startup going. Mm and. You know, a lot of the times they would just hang out once or twice and then boom, proposal. And I, I think that really stands to go and show that as people, we are constantly waiting longer and longer and seeking more perfectionism. And and so what I'm trying to say from that is I, I think it's been a slow increase since forever ago. You know, from 1940s to 1970s, from 1970s to 2000s, 2000s to 2020s, I think that we have become more able to identify traits mm-hmm. and able to express what we like out of one another. Yeah. As well as we're given more of that, that free will to express that. Right. Well, and, and do you
0: think with that, there's come an increase of or a decrease, rather, in tolerance for the dislikes that we see in people.
1: Yes. I think in some areas, we still have a lot of growth to do, though, with those. Some people are more accepting of them and just say, "I I don't love that about a person, I don't like that about them, but I'm also not going to act like it means that there's something wrong with them. You know, people act like it just means okay, we're not the perfect fit for one another. We're not a great fit for one another. Right, And I think that's totally acceptable. But I think where people still have troubles with that is where they'll say, ill, I don't like that about you, gross, get away. You know, And there is still a lot of that mentality around. But I don't think that that's anything new. And I I think as a society, I think we've gotten less harsh, honestly. Where we're still harsh, I mean, think about how we used to treat people 50 years ago if they were different or disabled or things like that you know we would have hid them so i think there's a lot more resonance about that thing about those things well
0: and and yeah i mean we have come a long way you're right in certain aspects i i do feel like society at large does treat those who have mental illness or are disabled or even lgbtq population i do feel like we are going towards an area where we're try- starting to treat those communities with more respect, right, and a lot
1: more social awareness.
0: Yeah, which is great. Um, that's needed, and so.
1: But from the from the degree of like electronics and stuff like yeah. that, I I do I do think that they themselves have a negative impact. You know, while I still. And so that was more me speaking on a greater whole. While I do think we're still reaching greater directions, I do think that they, electronics and things do have the opportunity of, of pushing people forward and holding them back. Well, you and, know? I,
0: well and, and I think we've also taken some steps back in some areas. Yeah, I mean, you look at what was going on before COVID. Yeah. I mean, Black Lives Matter stuff and all of those movements i feel like it really just i mean it was a culture shock for a lot of people and it was like oh wow i mean there are those issues that still exist yeah we haven't completely gotten rid of them um because a lot of people are like well what about the civil rights movement it's like yes but there's still there's still racism that exists
1: right there's still and and not even to be so broad, it's it's not just moments of words, but there's still people being followed. There's still people having letters sent to their house, and moments like that which are really, really vile, you know, and I think a lot of people are are ignorant of some of those moments where 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 people are still having to decide, like where to live, you know, is this a safe neighborhood for me and my family? Right. You know, and I I think that's one of the biggest problems is that people are still having to use that indoctrinated kind of like safe or not mentality.
0: Yeah. And another thing that I found really interesting when doing the research behind loneliness is that it's not just people who don't have connections in their life, right? It's also people who do have a partner or family members who care about them, they they even experience feeling lonely and express feeling lonely during periods of their life. Yeah. So it's not to say that even though you may have someone in your life that you don't feel alone, it's I think it also stems into feeling misunderstood or even just not like they are spending time with their people in a sense.
1: Right, and these are... A, a lot of 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 what these statistics on the lack of social connection are on are on extended period of time i believe that they're on they're they're speaking on feeling lonely for 6 months or more mm-hmm. because it is very it's not a while it's not great nobody wants to be lonely it is very healthy to understand the feelings of loneliness and to experience it at times what you don't want to do is, like I said, experience it for six months or more. You, you really, no one deserves to feel lonely for for more than, you know, like 72 hours a week. You know, sometimes people go on vacation who you love. You know, sometimes the family goes away and you still have to work. And so you're going to feel lonely. That's good. It's good that you feel those emotions. You know, it would be wrong for you not to feel them, for for you not to be able to express them. And at the same angle, we don't want anyone to hold on to those feelings and we don't want them to feel that way forever. Right. You know.
0: Well, no, it's very I mean, it can be very detrimental, right? And I, I think there is a lot, there are a lot of people who feel misunderstood and like their their feelings aren't being validated or heard. And another really interesting data point that I found in the PDF was that only 16%, and this is in 2018, reported that they felt very attached to their community. Yeah. And so, again, going back to community, I think there is a lack of support. Yeah. And I think there's also a lack of programs, clubs, social gatherings that exist within communities. I mean, when we live in a small town, for me, a lot of people are okay with this. But this, the socialization here is go to a bar or bar hop or, you know, go out drinking. And right. that that's great for people who enjoy that lifestyle. And I'm not dogging on drinking. That's if you enjoy doing it, that's okay. Yeah. Personally... I'm not much of a drinker. So and there's just not a lot for me to do in this area that I enjoy. Right. So it can be difficult, you know. I mean, I'm I'm a very just to kind of disclose some things, I really enjoy, you know, video games, anime. I'm a very, I'm very much a nerd in those aspects, so it's hard to find my people. Yeah in a area where they don't really have events or anything that caters to those populations. Whereas, you know, you live in the city, it's like cities tend to be a little bit more progressive. They have more to do. There's more things to do. And the city, for me, is like an hour and a half drive. It's like, do I really want to drive an hour and a half to get
1: the social engagement that I want? Well, and that's what I was going to speak on Is is... We, we do have those events in state, you know, it's just they are that hour and a half distance and, and a, a big part of that is getting people in the community even speaking about it and that's been a, a huge problem in this area is even getting a lot of similar people out of their shells and willing to speak up about yeah. wanting more community engagement like that, mm-hmm. you know, and I think we were leaning towards more directions like that pre-COVID. There were... Like more computer shops and, and computer cafes in this area that were starting to head that direction. But it's been hard to see not as many community programs and community efforts come back post. And I think a big part of that is leading towards social isolation because of disease and social isolation because of electronics and stuff like that. And I think we've hit, while well not. The climax, I hope we've hit as close to the climax as we're going to, because I certainly don't wish for things to get any worse than they are right now in terms of how many people are affected.
0: Yeah. And for those of you listening who do feel like you're socially isolated or are isolating yourself away from people, the, and this is also in the Surgeon General, by the way lacking social connection is as dangerous as smoking up to 15 cigarettes a day yeah so even though you may feel like you're okay being away from people and not interacting with anyone i encourage you to really start asking yourself the question am i feeling fine physically and mentally Because even though it might not be affecting you physically, it could be affecting you mentally and vice versa. It could be presenting itself as a physical problem and you don't know where that physical problem is stemming from. And if you ask yourself, well, am I talking to people? Am I interacting with people? And it turns out you haven't for quite some time. Yeah. That might be what's causing the symptoms to pop up. Because when you feel loneliness, it does present itself as a variety of different things within the human body.
1: Well, and and not to be that person where we're reaching a point where they are no longer the minority. You know, if you are feeling alone, it is getting to the point where more than likely your neighbor or their neighbor is feeling that same way too. And so... If if you're feeling that way, you know, reach out to support or or reach out to friends and family. You know, check in with people who have that similar mentality and more than likely I, I think that you guys will have something to, to touch upon or things mm. to connect on and platforms like Discord are, are great for that because a lot of them are gamers or not as socially adept and if you're feeling that, I can promise there is always a group on there out there who is willing to speak, you know, and those are free opportunities and and not just services, but moments to make new friends and acquaintances as well as get back in touch with people who you know you care about.
0: Absolutely. Well, and, and I think, you know, you brought up neighbors. I think it's very rare for people these days to get to know their neighbors. Yeah. Whether it's in an apartment and they live you know, down the hall or they live upstairs or they live down below you. I think, I think it's, I mean, in the older generations, absolutely. I, I don't think I've met a person from an older generation who, when they move into an apartment complex, they're making all these friends and meeting all these different people and getting to know their neighbors and stuff like that, because yeah. that, for, for them, that's just kind of the norm. Whereas in the younger generations, I think it's, be- we've strayed away from getting to know our neighbors and i think and for some people they see it as a drag and i'm really curious why that is because you know if you're living in the same neighborhood you got to have something in common it might not be everything it might not be perfect going back to perfection right but you you're going to have at least one thing in common that you can talk about.
1: Well, and going back to social media, not to, not to entirely blame it, but there's so much more content now of Karen neighbors screaming at you and cops on the street, people treating people horribly and people just getting their cars like jumped on and stuff like that by mobs. And, and I think it's, some of those moments are where that distrust is building, is that there's so much Mm. content online, be it real or be it sometimes fake, where it's a lot of reactionary content. It is people screaming and yelling and fighting or arguing or making a show of themselves. And I think that leads towards people feeling like tired, like, oh, my God, I'm so tired of that from the outside world. I just want to get home.
0: And I want you to ask yourself this question, how often do you see that in the real world? Right. For me, I've never experienced that, where someone comes up to me and tries to start a fight or get into a verbal altercation with me. It's very rare. And so... I think people get it in their heads where it's like, oh, this must be a common occurrence in the everyday American life. It is not. Less than 1%. And if someone's listening and for them it is a common occurrence, you might want to start reevaluating the people you're attracting because we do attract certain types of people and if we're attracting those people all the time, there's a reason.
1: Well, and it's, to give people in cities and and bigger areas a little credit, there are moments where people you don't know are, are also acting like that but yeah. it can it can definitely be a moment to question an area and also say is this the right place for me is there something i can do for my area or if you're working too much and there's there's not you know you're not at that position in your life yeah you know you do have to question what what can i do to make my life a little easier you know i i certainly try not to be the quitter type a lot of the times I try to look for solutions before giving up, and so I by no means am trying to startle people or or force them into a a value system but right it it's it's certainly harder, especially like I said, in areas like California, where you do go to the grocery store and there is someone who comes up to you and it's just like you know. Babagui, you know, they're just speaking complete gibberish and, and whatnot. Yeah, know. I
0: mean, I'm not saying it doesn't happen. It does. But
1: really, if... But I don't notice people, like, fighting and, and coming no. up and trying to fight me and things like that, you know?
0: Yeah, well, and I I think we really have gotten to the point where if we have a disagreement... on something it's no longer well i'm gonna let's just agree to disagree on this and just move on it's now i'm gonna cut you off yeah or i'm gonna ghost you or you're canceled or and no one wants to talk it out anymore it's just yeah it just gets completely dropped and you see that i mean you see that even in online dating which is why i'm saying which is why i said earlier online dating is not going to help your self esteem or confidence at all because those things are going to happen if you really want to find yeah. a healthy relationship or friendship find some place either in your community find an activity that you enjoy doing that other people are doing that you can do with groups of people whether it be I mean, there's yoga groups in this area, so that that's something I've been looking into. There's also group meditation and things like that. So th- those are all like mindfulness-type stuff. But there's also... You just have to do some digging sometimes to really find your group of people. Yeah, And that's really where you're going to make connections. Right. Even at a coffee shop, you can make a connection talking to a barista and... Just sparking up a topic of interest or something that interests you, and hey, maybe I'm not saying this. This is not guaranteed, but maybe they have the same interest. Yeah, and then you can just talk to them for hours.
1: Heck yeah! I, there are always those opportunities. It's just, as you said, it's now it's gone from often. You know, it's it's dropped dropped to a third of the of of happening as often. Yeah. You know, trying not to pull up that whole long stringent um, statistic. It, there is a third of that social connection, though, you know, and it's it's hard to find, I think, quite as many of those opportunities. And right. I think people are still just in a very weary space, and so it's, it's all about drawing people back out, you know. I know a lot of people who, like I said, are still corona scared, who yeah. are still big virus scared now. And, yeah. you know, there's also just as many people who are, Online stuck, you know, and and unwilling to get off their computer, and and that can be really hard because there's there's not quite as many social gatherings to offer them, and until people start coming back out, it's going to be hard to get funding and and things like that. So it's right. really a, you know, we're at we're in a sticky sticky situation yeah. for, for where to go.
0: No, absolutely. Well, and I and I really encourage men. To look out for one another. Yeah. Because, I mean, it doesn't matter where you go in your community. I guarantee you there's another guy who's experiencing the same feelings you are internally. Doesn't want to express them outwardly. And that really going through conflict creates a bonding effect. Yeah. So conflict is important in any relationship i don't care who you are there's a reason why you see a lot of good friendships where they will say yeah they were with with me through thick and thin and they were always there whenever i called and nowadays it's oh you did that no thanks you're out of my life
1: yeah that's it's interesting to see us coming back towards that. You know, that's not, it's not the first time we've done that as a society. No, Once again, looking back at history and things like that, we did that semi in the 70s. And then of course, once again, we did that in Mm -hmm. in our kind of classier stage, whatever you want to call that, you Mm -hmm. know, our, our early 1900s stage where it was just like, oh, you spoke to my barmaid, never come near me again, you know, or in the 70s where it was like, oh, you're not on this side, you're not this kind of peaceful protester, never come near me again. And now we're once again at that point where it's like, oh, you're doing this, oh, you do this online, never speak to me again. You know, and so it's a, I I love the metaphor for it's a pendulum that swings. You know, we kind of lean away from it and we come back towards it from time to time and we're just in another one of those kind of precarious positions where people are more likely to distance themselves, but those moments also, while can be noted as a bit of perfectionism in friendships and relationships, just as a as a whole, also do lead to retire moments of people understanding their wants and needs. You know, people are more likely to know what they like and are have more chances and opportunities for self development and self understanding. Yeah. And so that's kind of like that double-edged sword where it's like it helps you be more effective in life, but it also kind of, it stings and can become too much of a sting for you at times. Absolutely. So
0: as we already discussed, trust and loneliness are tied together. Uh, there is a growing lack of distrust among American citizens yeah. and It hurts to watch. It hurts to see. And so it's important for us, I think, to start reconnecting with one another and becoming more, or not becoming more, but going back to a more social society where we can have the tough conversations and talk it out instead of immediately... Have to go to insulting or putting down the other person and removing them from our life.
1: Well, and it's interesting to see, you know, you speak of that. It's interesting to see society kind of try to once again then solve that problem with technology. Yeah, you know, it becomes a very uh, Black Mirror esque kind of mm-hmm. um, setup. I think enough you know, people understand the reference uh, where you know, now we're kind of leaning towards VR and AR and <laughs> platforms where you get to go places with the phone. Yeah, and that was right. a, where Pokemon Go was a big thing for a second. Yeah, And where I think we've taken, once again, going to bring up corona for the rest of our lives probably at this point, but where corona kind of stopped development of a lot of those things or stopped the money-making aspect of a lot of those programs because people were unable to leave their homes you know, people were completely locked in their homes in some countries. Right. Um, enforced lockdown. Um, but I'm I've noticed a lot more of those kind of technologies and programs coming back to resurface again, especially from video game companies, be it Sony or be it yep. like places like Valve or or Google. Yep. You know. So everybody's kind of joining back in that technology AR market. And I've been seeing more people uploading them, going places with their VR headset and stuff like that, you know, going right. going around the city with their VR and, and yeah. things like that. So it's interesting to see if that'll become a, a real transition or not.
0: Yeah, it's... That will be interesting to see. Um, I'm definitely a little frightened because again that's still virtual and so are we going to be moving towards more having relationships with machines than actual other human beings yeah and so that that's a very scary thought and i mean we could definitely (laughs) i think do multiple episodes in, in on that as well. Absolutely. But for our, our listeners uh who are feeling lonely or socially isolated, feel free to reach out to your fellow fellow neighbors and yeah. try and connect with your community more. And if any of our listeners have any questions, comments, concerns, or even feedback that they want to provide us or even if you want to share a story or have us talk about a specific topic here on the podcast, you can feel free to email us at manisithard at gmail.com. And also the podcast is posted on my family's clinics, my family clinics website, uh, which is Serenity And this is our introduction really on loneliness yeah and so the next couple of episodes are going to be going more in depth behind loneliness and social isolation and what that looks like okay and so we are going to close the podcast with that and we will see you guys next time
1: okay thank you all for listening
0: see you next time